You are listening to the Converge Media Network, uplifting our voices. What's up, y'all? This is Dre with Brothers United Leadership Development, Build 206 Media, with another episode of the Collective Network, where we're tapping in with all these amazing folks that are doing amazing work in the community, one, to highlight the work that they're doing, but also to be a proud opportunity to share with community a lot of resources that are going on. And I have the pleasure of interviewing my guy, Big O, from over at Converge Media. Normally, he's on the other side interviewing Kat, so it's a great opportunity for me to be able to have opportunity to interview him and share the great work that he's been tapped in, not just recently, but he's been in the media game for a long time. So it's an opportunity for for us to interview him. So I'm going to bring him on the screen with us here in a second. Hey. How's it going, bro? It's good, man. I'm doing good, doing good. I want to say thank you for this opportunity. You know what I'm saying? It's always much love for, for Build, everything that Build is doing. And, man, I just want to acknowledge the fact that you're being very intentional and in getting information out to the community. And, you know what I'm saying? It's a real pleasure to be here. I appreciate it. I appreciate your time. Like I said in the intro, and it's an opportunity for you to be on the other side of the table and answer some answer some questions. I know you used to be in it, conducting interviews, but I'm grateful for your time. I'm grateful for the work that you got, you and your team are doing over at Converge Media, you know, giving that real black led, black voice, you know, pressing pressing all the buttons that need to be pressed to make sure that we get the, the resources and contr- controlling the narrative as well. Because if we let other people control our narrative, it's going to be all bad like it has been. So I appreciate the amazing work that you, you've been doing. So well, let's uh let's jump on in. Why don't you tell folks a little bit about yourself? I know folks, a lot of folks may know what you're doing, Converge, but you can share that. But just in general, like this, you know, a little bit of history, anything you want to share about yourself? Yeah. So, I mean, a few things. Uh, I'm from the Central District of Seattle. Grew up on 29th and Jackson. Went to James A. Garfield High School. Um, really got started, I guess you would say, in media. Um, well, at Garfield, I was a writer for the Garfield Messenger, and then I did college radio, WRVS, 89.9 ECSU, went to historically black college university down Elizabeth City State University in Elizabeth City, North Carolina. Um, <clears throat> from there, I l- lucked up and got on with with uh, and one and the basketball network just right when they launched the basketball network. Um, when I got out of college and then also worked with um, the college network after that and then quite a few record labels in, in New York. But a uh, big career shift in 2004, I went on a, a, a vacation to uh, to Tanzania and fell in love, man, with the continent. And and really for uh, for almost 15, 16 years, Worked across the continent, continent of Africa and uh, across the Middle East, launching TV and radio stations, streaming platforms and uh, and things like that. Lived in Tanzania for quite a few years, lived in Dubai for for four years and really wanted to come back home to Seattle, to our community and take these skills that that I've, I've, I've gained throughout my career, as well as relationships and, you know, be intentional in our community and figuring out the best ways to to uplift our voices, tell our stories and inform our people. That's dope. As I do these interviews, I learn more and more about folks. So I didn't I didn't know you were tapped in on the N1. So that's super dope. And, you know, just yeah, and one mixtapes and, and also the movie Ball Above All. 
Um, oh, man. Here, man. And, and I'll, I'll just throw this in here. It was the best of all these years. It was the best job I ever had because I was like 22 years old, something like that. They gave me an American Express card, a camera, and a mic and told me, go across America and get basketball stories. And it was an amazing experience for a few years. That's dope. So, yeah, and then being able to live in Africa, I know that was an amazing experience too. So that's, that's filthy. So you, you kind of dabbed into it a little bit, you know, but I want to – asked you a, a specific question that's about the work that you are doing and have done in community. Uh, you shared a little bit about it, but I want you to dive in a little deeper on, you know, kind of what, what's driving you and, and uh, you know, the work that you're doing so folks that don't know uh, can know. Right. And so Converge Media uh, is going on 17, 16, five years. I, I think we just had our anniversary here. Um, and the thing is, is I knew when I came home, what I, what I was seeing really overseas was, was a trend where content was hyper local. When we say hyper local, it's like, man, what's relevant in my neighborhood or in my city? And, you know, all, all across these different markets I was visiting, there were people that were, were launching platforms that really focused on, you know, what was happening on their block. And, um, the, the concept behind Converge was is that when I looked here across the Pacific Northwest, there wasn't really a platform that was there um, focused and on um, promoting um, black content creators across our region and or distributing or monetizing their content. So the original concept for, for Converge Media is, is a culturally relevant, you know, video platform, video, audio. I mean, we do a bunch of different stuff but ideally video and where different content creators, not necessarily converge, but you know, our community is full of amazing filmmakers and photographers and writers and podcasters, and they're making great content, but they don't have a way to really get it out there and to be heard. And so the idea with converge was to give them that platform and, and to promote and elevate them. And there's been an interesting few years, you know, I mean, we've been at, been out here for a while, um, trying to uplift stories in our community. And uh, March of last year, March 19th of last year, me and Triana Holiday, we decided to launch a um, morning update show. And some people might be familiar. That's Monday through Friday, 11, 11 to 12 across the Converge platforms. And we launched a morning update show as like a pop-up, a pop-up live show to give people in our community information what was going on with COVID. If you remember a year ago, information about COVID, it was like drinking out of a fire hydrant. It was everywhere. It was all kinds of stuff, man. There was hours for seniors at grocery stores. Should you spray down your, your bags? Should you do this and that? And we already know that um, we can't really expect mainstream media to, to ever curate information for our community. So we started the morning update show really thinking that we were going to be on air for a few months once COVID blows over and everything else. Um, we're going into our, what, 14th or 15th month now. But, um, you know, cut the morning update show um, what was on air and rolled into the Seattle protests. And, of course, we, we did a lot of coverage there in the Seattle protests. And since the majority of the protests have ended, uh, our primary role as I see it, is um, as far as our news side goes, is holding our elected officials and appointed officials and community uh, leaders accountable. And that's something that, that we kind of pride ourselves on here. 
is being being able to talk to uh, different elected officials, whether it's the mayor, the county executive, the city council members, uh, heads of different organizations. And we really want to put them in the hot seat, so to speak, and, you know, let them look in the camera and tell our community you know, what it is. And our, our community is then in turn able to hold them accountable for their words and actions. Yeah, that's dope. And also what you do is what I what I what I see you guys doing is also uplifting and like you said, amplifying the great work that many folks are doing, which is kind of what the purpose of this show is that I'm that we're doing over at Build 206. So I really appreciate that. And like you said, holding holding folks accountable because sometimes people just glaze over to a little sound bite, right? About about what we need. So you guys really be like, nah, man, this is what it is, this is what it ain't. And uh, I really appreciate the balance approach that you and Trey have, you know, when you guys are, are doing your guys' shows. Uh, to really making sure that it's not, you know, you try to make sure that our the black community's priorities are uh, first and foremost, but not trying to like take sides on any any issue or another. Trying to really trying to really get the real information out to folks. So I, I just want to you know shout out and really appreciate the work that you guys have been doing. Like you said, it kind of just organically just popped up. You guys were there, and it just you know been been all gas no break. So I, like I said, you know it's a lot. A lot of people don't really understand a lot of this stuff that you know, build has been doing, we learned during COVID too, we had to shift a lot of gears to really get things up to speed. So I know hats off to you guys for being able to step in, step into the gap and it, it's, it's much needed. Um, so the next, the next question is, you know, it's, it's more about things that kind of make you tick, like who, who or what inspires you and why? Man. Well, okay. So it's kind of a two part question uh, or a two part answer. You know, uh, my dad opened one of the, the first portrait studios, photography portrait studios here in the Seattle area almost 50 years ago. And, you know, I mean, I remember being a small kid being in the dark room when he was developing photos. You know what I'm saying? And and my mom, a lot of people might know her, Reverend Walden. She's definitely a community activist, um, founder of Mothers for Police Accountability. But. You know, I mean, she she's as well. She's in her mid 70s. She does a radio show every week on KKNW. So it's like I tell people that it's like media is, is not on me. It's literally in me, you know, um, and I, I still be trying to keep up with my parents, man. You know what I'm saying? I mean, when you talk about a big inspiration, um, I mean, they, they set a high bar as far as as communication and as far as work ethic and, and follow through and, and everything else. I think what inspires me and, you know, it takes a lot of inspiration. You know, we, we went through a lot this, this last year at conversion. I mean, we, we personally here, like we suffered a lot of police violence, uh, a lot of, I mean, all kinds of stuff. We death threats, everything. And, you know, it takes inspiration to, to, uh, to, to really push through. And I, I think one of the biggest things is that um, when, when, we went on air with the morning update show. I remember that day it was like, man, all we want to do is make our parents proud, our, our big mom and them, aunts and uncles, our community. You know what I'm saying? Like the rest of the city, although we have a much larger platform here across Seattle, really across the region, man, we, we've always been focused on our people. You know what I'm saying? And that's black people in the Seattle, Seattle metro area. And the most inspiring thing, to be honest with you, is when we when we hit the block, you know, whether it's the CD, whether it's the South End, 
whether it's in South King County and, and we get people young and old, you know, who are just like, man, keep it up. Because a lot of days, man, it's hectic. You feel like throwing it in the towel. And so I would say that our community and the feedback that the community gives and, you know, I, I really feel that, that we've been able to earn our community's respect. That's the most inspiring thing for sure. That's dope. And shout out, shout out to the elders. I know your mom's been in the town putting in work for generations, for seasons. So shout out uh, to them, uh, your, your dad, too, and even your brother's active. Like when I first met you, I did an interview at uh, Africatown when you was doing it in Africatown. Yep. And I heard your voice and I was like, man, this cat sound like Shikundi. But I don't want to be like, oh man, you know. So, so when you gave me your card, I was like, man, this is Shakuni's bros. What's up with it? You know, and that's when I, that's when I first saw the Converge Media before you know it even before it really really went to where everybody knew. Like you said, it's been yeah. already going. You already been on this. Uh, it's not something something new to you. You know, this is in you, not on you. You know what I mean? So, but the, you kind of started talking about you know what was happened over the past year personally at Converge, personally to you personally. Uh, but, you know, this is that really flows dovetails into the next question. Um, and it's like and you could take it wherever you want to take it because there's been hella stuff going on. But it's like, what do you think about everything that's been going on over the past year? Like you said, you know, there's been this crazy ass national election cycle. There's local politics is crazy. You know, BLM, you know, everything that's going on with the movement, COVID like this. You could take it wherever you want to take it. Um. All right. Well, in that case, then I'll take it here to, to locally, a more of a local focus here in Seattle. And I, I would say that, you know, f- first of all, um, you know, the, the two big stories that impacted us and as far as our programming, I'll start with with, with COVID. Um, Seattle, uh, just like a lot of other cities, but not necessarily to the magnitude based upon the black population in Seattle and based upon just better access to to medicine and and testing and vaccines and hospitals. We our community didn't necessarily feel the stinging impacts that a lot of, of bigger cities in America where black population did on the health side, but on all the other sides. And and, and actually, and I'll take that somewhat back because we still do have the highest rate down there in South King County at one point, six times higher than the rest of the county There's so many essential workers down there. But the thing is, is like, you know, it's old saying that, you know, when, when the rest of America sneeze, black people catch a cold. And that's kind of what we saw here with COVID. And, and we saw here in our community, and, and just the impacts of how many how many people, man, didn't get no loans. You know what I'm saying? They couldn't get no aid. Um, you had converged one of them. You know what I'm saying, man? We, we signed up for everything. We still ain't got nothing. You know And I mean, I could just spend time trying to figure out why or move on. But there's so many businesses that are out there in our community that were just so impacted by COVID. And we, man, we also, just like a lot of other places in America, that that it, it peeled back so many disparities all in, in every category. You know, even when they talk about taking school online, you know, so many of our children had issues with that compared to the children of, of other races. Um, like I said, access to resources and, and some everything else. Um, you know, COVID, COVID on one side, you know, of course, it smacked us up. But, you know, the best thing is, is COVID also revealed the humanity in our community that's always been there. But we we oftentimes don't give it enough credit. 
then man, we got some really awesome people in our community, um, always with a willingness to to be helpful to 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 the next man. I mean, Build is is very much representative of that and the different kind of things that um that you guys do. And I think that uh, another one, another thing that, that we happen to see is just that um the innovativeness. Look how many people pivoted and you you even spoke as well. It's like a build, okay, well, man, how do we pivot? How do we deliver a service differently? You know what I'm saying? What kind of new business? Since a lot of people that it gave that opportunity. Look how many people was like, man, if I could only, you know, get a chance to go back to school or learn how to code it, I could change my life. It's a lot of people I know, man, who got way more skills right now than they did one year later. So that was one thing. I think um, something that's just definitely um, over, over uh, is uh, been a, an even larger issue than COVID at times for us is the what's going on here in Seattle and definitely around the political process. And you go back to the Seattle protests and Seattle is real unique and people should remember this because a lot of times we talk about, we have to really burn the whole system down for anything to, to change. And I understand we know where that comes from, but uh, I mean, we just saw this historic signing down near um, Governor Inslee signed 12 laws, or 12 bills, you know, all around police accountability. And to be honest with you, if it wasn't from the pressure in the streets, the protest and people committed to calling their legislators or their city council members or their county council members, this wouldn't have happened. I mean, it also wouldn't have happened if the advocates hadn't been working on this for quite some time. So we saw a perfect storm down there in Olympia um, where uh, basically the, the power of the protest met the diligence of the advocates. And we see that there's a lot of legislation that's just passed in Olympia. And I only bring that up because it's like, man, the people are, are behind this movement. It's, you know, it's we, the people. And man, it, it's really been, it's really been um, tumultuous, I would say. You know, um, we suffered an incredible amount of police violence in the city this summer. Um, man, we, Converge was just one of many media organizations. Man, we caught hell out there. The, po the police, man, they whipped up on us, you know? I mean, consistently, tear gassed, rubber bullets, um, flashbang grenades, beat with batons, and we're just trying to cover what's going on out there. Um, and it really exposed that there, there is an element here uh, within the Seattle Police Department that had a pension for, for police violence against peaceful community members. And, uh, you know, even right now, we still don't know who gave the order to evacuate the East Precinct. Even right now, uh, that pink umbrella, a lot of people see a footage on TV of a police officer grabbing a pink umbrella there at the Western Barricade. I actually shot that footage and um, a ruling came out. OPA said the officers were wrong for tear gassing not only the protesters, but a whole neighborhood. And Chief Diaz just came out and reversed that ruling. And, you know, it's still, you know, it's still funky around everything around the protest as we go right back into the one year anniversary. But um, I, I would say that people in Seattle and people in the state of Washington, they should take a deep breath and reflect, take a bow, because there isn't too many cities or states in America that could do what we've done here as far as enacting change on a state level and change policing forever, in, you know, in our state. 
people know down in, in Texas and Mississippi and Alabama, Georgia, that they, man, it ain't going to happen. That's why they don't even try. But uh, here in Seattle and in our state, you know, when when the people really put pressure and they're organized and the advocates are there, um, you know, anything is possible. Yeah, and this really highlights that the people do really have the power, right? If everybody comes together yeah. and converge, right, and build, build and converge, like things really, really can change. If people really show up and get active, but I think sometimes, you know, our systems, you know, oppress us. You know, we get down and down and down, and we feel like. There's no, what's the point, right? People, and that's like you said, you're talking about other states, they got the sense of hopelessness where you think that you really have no voice, but if people really come together, they got to listen. You know, they got to listen because they know if you really get active, if really people really get activated, then things are going to change. And, you know, you know, I, I didn't really talk out much about, you know, what was going on, you know, because like I said, I try to just stay in my lane and stay focused on the mission and vision, but I don't got much faith in any of these systems. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're working the way that they're supposed to be working and realistically, <laughs> I feel like we need to focus on our relationships, you know, our, our trust, our accountability within our community, because uh, because if we just start dumping money into our community without that, then that's going to be we're gonna well, money don't solve the problem. I mean, this is what I'm saying is that what what we see. Look at the homelessness issue. So much money has been spent here in home, and the, and the and the problem gets even worse because a lot of the systemic issues that drive homelessness haven't been addressed. And it's the same thing in, in, in our community. If you're like, oh, we got money for this, that, but the systemic issues that cause things to malfunction, not work right, or however, if those are never addressed, then people give some money and then they're like, well, we gave the black folks some money. We did our part. You see what I'm saying? And and oftentimes, you know, our eyes get big around the money signs. And, you know, one of the questions I always ask down there at City Hall is I was like, money's fine. And, you know, cities invest a lot of money in a lot of different things. But what what laws are you going to change? What policies are you going to impact? What things are you going to do that actually impact, you know, uh, uh, wealth building, generational wealth in the black community and solving this education gap? Because money doesn't necessarily it's good. We need it. We need investment. We've been underinvested. Don't get me wrong. But, man, if we don't address these other things and a lot of these other things, you're right. It starts at with us as community first. We got to figure it out first um, because, you know, the money comes and goes. You you see, like, you know, when Obama was in office is one thing. Trump came in, reversed Obama. I mean, that's the same thing with, with a lot of these money issues. Somebody else comes in, they change something, they they cut funding. We in the exact same position. So getting to the root of the issue, I agree with you, Dre. Yeah, and part of it, too, is, you know, is a lot of funding that comes out is get X number of people into X dysfunctional system and, you know, like, like it doesn't really solve the problem. We're, we're making all these investments, but it's not really going to move the needle. There's not a lot of money for us to sit down and break bread and build relationships. Let's go out and let's go on. Let's go on a hike. Let's go on a retreat. Let's let's get to really. And, and with gentrification, it's even worse because we're mm-hmm. dispersed everywhere. Right. We're not we're not all at the CD Panthers or CAY and Rainier Eagles game no more. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. you know, we're, we're, we're trying to get people to live stream that so we can actually tap in because we're out in five or wherever we're at. And so there's more of a need. And I don't know if there's enough. I, I, we really been pushing this from the build side and other community organizations I'm tapped in. Like we need resources to actually just slow down, let capitalism go on a pause for a minute and spend time with each other, break bread and build relations, because that's the foundation. We feel like that's the foundation. And then if we got to get the foundation, now you can give us the resource because now we got the respect and the trust and all that together. Because if you just dump money in and you don't got the trust and respect and we're looking at each other like who's 
Who was you know, I mean, this is I think you bring up an interesting point. This is one of the things that we're facing right here in our city is that money has been injected in, in, in um, or hopefully it's in the process here. And, you know, there, there might not necessarily be all the links in community. And you, you, you see what I'm saying? And oftentimes this is what happens is that, you know, I mean, the amount of money, no matter what, whether it's 30 million, 100 million, whatever, that's that's minuscule compared to the actual need and to what's owed. But, you know, I, I think that, man, we, we would all benefit more from community building without an agenda. And then, you know what I'm saying? That the agenda is let's build in community. And with that, we would find that collectively, I think that we as black people across Seattle and in King County would be much more of a powerful source uh, force, you know, for for good and everything else. And I mean, without that, oftentimes we end up with a divide and conquer kind of strategy and people feel left out and slighted and some everything else. Yeah, I call it institutional gangbang, and it's just streets at a different level, man. You know, that's all it is. It's just cats is banging at a different level, man. It's the same, same behavior, same negative behavior, but that's because, like I said, that's that's the game that they set up for us to play, and it's like we got to choose to be like we're not playing that. And like I said, the people have the power, and if we come and say this is what we want resources for, this is what we need it for, then they're gonna shift gears, right? So I'm with it. So uh, the next question is. Um, one that I've been asking everybody, because a lot of times, especially people that are like at a heart of service, right? We're, we're always filling other people up. And I know I tapped in with you at an event um, after the after the situation happened on the freeway that you recorded. And it was really like, man, how are you doing? You know what I'm saying? Or what are you doing to take care of yourself? And you said other people were tapping in with you to make sure. I think you talked about uh, Donita after she lost her son. She tapped you and was like, hey, man, make sure that you're taking care of yourself, which is real. And so, you know, with that, you know. This is the question that we're asking folks is, is what have you done during this time? Because there's been a lot going on. You just spoke about traumatic stuff that you went through just being out there, you know, covering, covering stuff. Like, what have you done during this time to really, like, take care of yourself? Man, unfortunately, nothing. You know, I'll be real and honest with you and, and, and your viewers. And that's not something that I recommend, but it's just that, you know, I mean, we we stayed on this story we said we were going to stay on the story to the end. And, you know, I mean, that signing there and, and uh, Olympia with Inslee and these bills and then a the one year anniversary of Seattle protests and chop uh, very well might be able to finally wind down. But, you know, um, when, <clears throat> when the Seattle, when George Floyd was murdered um, and the Seattle protests rolled around, I had like two options. I could be in the streets as a protester or, you know, I could put on my journalist hat and be able to try to tell this story as fair as possible. Now, the thing is, if I would have went out there as a protester, probably would have been able to process a lot of of these uh, emotions and everything else. You know what I'm saying? In real time, that absolute anger at this crime against humanity this slow motion murder, nine minutes and 29 seconds. But, you know, I'm putting on a professional hat as as a journalist. You know, I I had to tuck a lot of my personal feelings and emotions down deep because you just can't do both. You can't wear your your feelings on the sleeve and then have an expectation to have, you know, 
thoughtful, honest, transparent, fair conversation with people who on all across the spectrum, you know what I'm saying? Some people we might say we agree with, some people disagree with. You know, I talked to, to Proud Boys, white supremacists, uh, um, neo-fascists, you know what I'm saying, all the way to, to new Black Panther members and everything else. And city council, police, I mean, I've talked to everybody. And, man, you know, I've had to, had to really just tuck it away. And un- unfortunately, Man, I, w- I was either right there or just feet away from from three murders up there um, last summer. Uh, of course, Lorenzo Anderson Jr., Antonio Mays Jr., and there on, on, on I-5, where or you talked about right there, where, where Summer Taylor um, was killed and Diaz Love injured. So we saw a lot of stuff well beyond even just the police violence, man. It was funky. And uh, it was a challenge to be like, you know what? Let me put all this emotion in this box. And people would be like, man, you know what? You need to go talk to somebody and you need to go whatever. And which I'm not downplaying and that's very important. But the thing is, is that um, as somebody who's never really talked to somebody and not knowing what that outcome might be, you know what I'm saying? And knowing that, you know, I got to keep this emotional, you know, like steel trap in order to go every day beyond the news and everything else. I've deferred personal care and I don't recommend that. And, you know, anybody else wouldn't even get this answer out of me, to be honest with you, Dre. It'd probably be a short answer like, oh, you know, I try to read a book and meditate or whatever. But, you know, I know what's important about your platform is just real honest conversation. And I mean, it's times, bro, you know, especially like, man, it's times where it's just emotion is just overwhelming because, you know, what we've seen, we've done. And then also this added pressure now. It's on my shoulders. It would even be different if we covered the protests and went home. But, you know, I got to add a responsibility. Like, you know, I get on I get on the morning show. I call the mayor out and be like, yeah, you know, blah, 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 blah. You need to come on my show. The mayor be there, though. It's like 6 o'clock. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> call, you know, uh, uh, Council Member Morales. I'm like, what's up with the bread? And, you know, here's Council Member Morales on the show. But with that comes a lot of weight and responsibility because I know, you know what I'm saying, I'm representing our community and our people and everything else. So God willing, you know, God willing, uh, maybe in the next two months, I'll really be able, because when I do take that time for myself, I really want to take that time for myself and, and, and really be able to, to talk about a lot of the experiences that I had that weigh heavy on my heart. Um, you know, I mean, it's funny because you mentioned Donita, and it's crazy because, you know, I mean, Donita's son was murdered up there, Lorenzo Anderson Jr. And it's been quite a few times where I've been covering something and Donita calls me and she says, are you OK? And I'm always you know, I mean, a real emotional state when she calls because I'm always thinking, like, you just lost your son. Right. And you call him and she called me for I need to be up early. She called me early in the morning. Like, man, are you OK? Which is really dope. And I, I would just say this is I'm no expert on this kind of stuff, but just checking on your people and just being like, are you okay? Don't have no expectation for no crazy answer. And most likely somebody's going to be like, yeah, I'm good or whatever. And you can leave it at that. But you know, Donita calling me and just being like, are you okay? Clearly it's so impactful to me that I mentioned it to you right now. I would just tell people, man, check on your people. You ain't got to be no expert on anything, but man, see how they doing. Right. Well, one, I appreciate your honesty, honesty and candor. Um, 
and being real, because that's what, you know, th- that's why I asked that question, because I know a lot of us, you know, matter of fact, you know, a few months ago, I got really sick. I took some time off work, you know, work had me a little stressed out. Um, then when I was about to head back, I um, I uh, got really sick and lost like 35 pounds, like, boom, like, you know, like people saw me like, you on that stuff, man? It's like, no, nah, I mean, I'm stressed out, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so with that, I really started doing like these daily walks. And I know your brother, me and him be chopping it up, you know, like he's on, on the health kick, you know what I'm saying? So... You know, I actually I got my little daily, I got my little daily yeah. health, my little daily health tracking. I'm gonna text it to you when we get off get off the phone. Uh, but also, you know, let's link up, man. Go on a walk and talk, man. You know what I'm saying? That's that that's that's the real work, in my opinion, especially as black men. Like we've been taught, not only in these type of situations, we always gotta hide our emotions and just be cool, calm, and collect. But what I found personally is that that's cool. But that's why we don't get to enjoy retirement because that shit's killing us on the inside. You know what I'm saying? It's taking years off the ticker. So we look cool, calm and collect on the outside, but it's eating us up, eating us up on the inside. So I'm definitely going to challenge you, bro, to really make sure that you're doing things to take care of yourself. And I'm going to be reaching out to you more to be like, let's 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 tap in. Let's go on a walk. Let's let's chop it. Let's go get a bite to eat, whatever it is. One, to build our relationships. But also, like I said, you know, we got to be we can't just be serving the juice. You know, telling folks they got to take care of themselves and we're not doing it because if, guess what? It, that's what I realized with work. That's why I went half time at work. Like I'm going to keep working to keep my benefits, but I'm going to get deeper in the community because if I have a heart attack or a stroke, guess what they're going to do? They're going to have some ceremonies. They're going to say, oh, this is all the great stuff this guy did. Then they're going to post that application and fill that position. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. So I got a 12, I got a 12 year old son that's relying on me um, and, you know, trying to be here for the community continue to so i'm gonna encourage you the same thing like you know there's nothing we have to take care of ourselves it's not even an option but i get what you're saying i and i i'm the same way it's like go 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 like it's the drive like the flags are you know the racing flags are gone let's the marathon continues but at the end of the day like it's crawl walk run so i'm definitely as soon as we get off this interview i'm texting you this this document that i use and you can edit it how you want to um and then i'll definitely be tapping in with you to see how we can get together and like i said just sometimes people we make this shit more difficult than what it has to be sometimes like i said it's just slowing down let's go on a walk let's chop it up let's just check like you said even the, the impact of donita you know just checking on that shit that stuff makes a huge difference you know it does and i appreciate that challenge i'm looking forward to it i'm with it um what advice would you give someone looking to get involved in community work oh man Wow, this is a really good question because we need as many people as possible involved in work in our community across so many different areas. Um, but but I would say is this, right? More than the, the actual mechanics of it or logistics or make sure and fill out this form or do this and that, I think that the best thing you can do if you want to get involved in, in community, supporting community, is find something in community that you love. And that's a passion for you that you enjoy talking about or even working with. You know what I'm saying? Some some things you might even be doing right now. Ain't nobody paying you or anything. You're just like, man, you get a sense of accomplishment and a sense of joy out of it. The you know, the I'm not a big Bible guy, but the Bible says that um, uh, be a joyful giver. And and sometimes um, we, we fall into, I wouldn't necessarily say a trap, but I'll just use that word. We fall into a trap where it's like, oh, well, I'm going to go and, and do this. And we end up keeping score. You know what I'm saying? Or we end up being like, whatever. And, you know, I mean, we're all human. We, we fall into the, the traits, man, because community work is all about giving. 
Now, being a joyful giver don't mean that you always joyful in, in, in your delivery. Some, some people in our community need tough love. You know what I'm saying? What I'm saying is be joyful in the fact that you're giving with no expectation. That, you know, that your your sense of satisfaction and, and your payback will most likely never come from the person that, that, that you're assisting or programming you're working on. There are some programs like Build where, you know what I'm saying, you're, you're, you're with young people and you get to see that change. But a lot of work, uh, especially in community, a lot of what's needed is behind the scenes. And, you know, we, we have to be okay knowing that if we're looking for that, 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 that comeback or whatever, man, you're good oftentimes never comes from a direct person that you invested good in. It's just the way the universe works, man. And that's what I'm saying. You gotta, you gotta be joyful in your giving. You gotta, you gotta find a purpose or a cause that excites you. You know, like media, the best way that I can give back to community, man, it, it, it isn't necessarily for me to go and put on fish fries or do art installations. And I'm not knocking none of that or homeless drives. I love media. The best thing I can do is what we've been doing, man. Keep, open these doors up for young people. And I'm in a space, a thriving space where I'm so happy to be able to, to, to teach and outreach to young people because I love media. I, I mean, I absolutely love everything about it. And because I'm in that space of happiness and, 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 um, and doing something that I love and in a position to give back, man, it's, it's wonderful because I'm also able to be a, that joyful giver that we talk about. And I'm also able to do something that makes me very happy. And I'm also able to do my part in the community. And, you know, I will say one thing, a real positive thing that came out of our coverage of the Seattle protest is there's so many young kids in our community who a year ago wouldn't even be thinking about something in media. They wouldn't even be thinking about, you know, can I do this? And a matter of fact, for two years, I was promoting that, man, people send your kids free. I'll teach them how to podcast. I'll teach them how to do whatever. We didn't get no response on that. But after uh, after this summer, it, you know, being on CNN and, and Nightline and all this and that, and black kids in our community seeing somebody black like them from their community sitting there talking on MSNBC and even Fox News and BBC, it changed people's perspective of what's possible in our community. And and now it's like, man, we got a lot of young young kids and young adults over here who um, quite a few of them are making different decisions. Some of them, this is maybe where they be, but there's quite a few of them that might actually be out doing some dirt or something. But instead, they're over here learning how to do this and do that. Long story short, I didn't mean to ramble on, man, but you know what? Thriving in your purpose Loving, loving, find something that you love and, and figure out how to channel that love into an existing organization um, or, or, or existing things that are going on. Or maybe even, you know, get out there and try something new. But, you know, and the other thing is like, man, don't get in this to keep score. Be a joyful giver. Yeah. And a, and a, a crazy story that I'll, I'll share with you is. Um... Like you talking about sometimes the seeds, you don't even know the, the seeds that you're planting, right, with this work, right? And uh, <clears throat> in 2008, young man got killed behind Garfield uh, Teen Life Center um, on October 31st, Halloween. His name was Quincy Coleman, right? I was like I was like 26, 27 years old. I lost my brother when I was 23 years old and started doing community work when I was 24. I got laced up by 
Larry Evans, uh, Mary Flowers, Aaron Counts, some other hitters, hitters in the community, right? And so I started, you know, doing this work. They moved me over to Garfield Teen Life Center. Um, and I was, you know, breaking that fight. So it was, it was popping off because, you know, it was going down. Somebody got killed. You know, it was, you know, a lot of emotions, right? So this this young lady had gotten into a fight. I broke like her mom jumped out the truck like it was going like it was really active. You know, what I mean, I had to like get on her mom like, hey, man, what do you you know, your daughter? Your, what example you said for your daughter and this and that? And, you know, I thought I said these words to this young lady. I didn't even remember I said these words, uh, but I said, you know, the hood is going to be here. But you're not if you continue moving the way that you're moving. So I was there from October 8th to November 8th because I ended up getting in some trouble on election night, Obama denied, Obama got elected. I got in some trouble and got wrongfully convicted in in June of 2009. Luckily, all that stuff has been overturned by the Supreme Court. Luckily, I had the resources to navigate that process. But I was only there for a hot for a week, basically. You know what I'm saying? This girl just hit me up on Facebook, and I didn't. I was like, who, you know, where do I know you from? And she explained that story of how that impacted her and changed the trajectory of her life. Just that short amount of time, me being there. And she was like, you know. When I left, like all the kids that were out there were looking for me, like what was going on and this and that. And so she's like, "I'm it's dope to see that you're still tapped in in community. I was like 26. I'm about to be 40, you know, in June. That's, good, brother. that's a huge that's a huge milestone. Right. <laughs> you know, so I'm about to be 40 in June. But, you know, just we just don't know the impacts that we're having with the work that we're doing, the seeds that we're planting. Like you said, ain't nobody doing it to keep score. Ain't nobody, you know, you shouldn't be doing it to keep score. If you are doing it to keep score, man, you need to go cut grass. Or, you know, or, or, you know, fill potholes or something like that. If, that, if that's, what, that's what you want to do. If you're here working in a community, you should really be doing it, you know, for the community um, and making things happen. So I just wanted to share that story because that just happened like a couple of days ago. This young lady hit me up. She's about to be 30 now. And uh, she was telling me, you know, she's, you know, working at Poly Clinic, you know, went to school, got her, got her certificates, going back to school, trying to become a nurse and a few other things. So it was just dope that that those little phrase of words like the hood's going to be here, but you're not. If you keep moving the way you're moving, stuck with her, you know, when she's, you know, and she was able to tap back in and thank me for that. So it was dope, you know. Yeah, I, I would say, man, that like the best thing people can do is live a life of planting seeds of kindness everywhere you go. You just never know, you know, when, when they'll blossom. And they'll also, they'll always blossom on time. And it might even be in your lifetime. It, it might be your kid's life. You know what I'm saying? 30, 40, 50, 60 years from now, somebody's like, oh, word. Man, you're Dre Franklin's son? You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's real like that. And, you know, I'm a big believer in, in, in planting as many seeds of kindness and understanding everywhere I go, because like you said, you, you just never know and, and what the impact's going to be on people. That's what's up. So how, how do folks get in contact with you and converge? I know you talked about all the platforms, but if I don't know if you want to yeah. shout them out, you know, it's, it's in the description. It'll be in the description of the show, but I just want to make sure that, you know, we know people taking information differently. So I want to give an opportunity to shout out the best way for, for folks to get in tap, tap in with you. Yeah, no, for sure. And I appreciate it. So we're Converge Media, Converge Media across all social media platforms. So Facebook, YouTube, um, Twitch, Instagram, everything is Converge Media. Um, and then our website is where we converge. And then um, me personally across social media um, at Omari Saul, O-M-A-R-I-S-A-L and across all platforms. And my, my Twitter is like news. I cover a lot of news here. So if you're a news head, you go there. 
Uh, Facebook is really, you know, stories and Instagram is, you know, a lot of photos. We do a lot of photo stuff here. But uh, most importantly, though, if Converge Media can be of assistance to you, shoot me an email. You know, it's Omari, O-M-A-R-I at whereweconverge.com. Yeah, and before before we end the show, I like to be equitable, right? So I'll be leading all the questions. So the last question is really, do you have any questions for me? Yeah, I, I do have a question for you. Well, I got a comment and a question. My comment is, brother, I'm glad that COVID is winding down. The last time I saw you, you had a two foot afro. <laughs> and, to, and today you look crispy. So so there, there's my comment. Man, salute. You're looking good over there, bro. Um, man, where do you where do you see uh build in five years from now? That's a great question. And really, like I said, we're not trying to build an empire. We're just trying to do good community work. And our mission is Brothers United in Leadership Development, affecting real change in the community. So that's that's where I see us in five years is continue to affect real change in community, uh, building our coalition, you know, finding out who's who's really with it and trying to, you know, leverage the resources that we have to continue to work. Um, you know, we started, as you know, we started businesses because the other thing is we're always knocking on people's doors trying to ask them, We, you know, you got to start businesses so that way you can really get people real hard and soft life skills as well as generate revenue where you're not, you know, at, at having the handout, you know what I mean? Um, there's a need, there's a need for resources to be flown, but we also have a lot of, like you said, brilliancy within within our own community. And that's really what this show is about. So I don't have no grand master plan that, hey, we're going to have some facility or we're going to be doing some. I got, we just want to affect real change in the community and wherever, you know, wherever things go. Um, that's that's where that's where it's meant to be. I'm a strong believer, kind of like what you said, like karma. Like I lost my brother for a reason to get me into the work. It's hard for me to wrap my mind around that. But that's what really pushed me into the work. Right. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I mean, you saw the emotions I share when we when we had Stefan's mom on the show, stuff like that. Like this stuff is really who I am and I wouldn't have an opportunity to to reach that young man and his family if I didn't, you know, if I didn't lose my brother. So, I'm, you know, so like all this stuff all happens for a reason. Me, me tapping in with you, other folks, I really am a strong believer that things happen for a reason and try not to let the hype of what's going on change the trajectory or the, or the mission and vision, right? You know, so like really, I just hopefully that we continue to to grow and, and build in the community. That's dope, and I, man. And well, on that note, I'll say this: is that you know the sound is funny, in, in that being here for years doing the same thing, but we wasn't in the club. You know, I couldn't get a job. I mean, worked all around the world: Dubai, Abu Dhabi, Bahrain, China, France, Netherlands, twenty-five African countries. I couldn't get a job here, and you know what I'm saying. Came back home, and, and that's really you know we started and was pushing converge. And with that, you know what I'm saying? We wasn't in the club, bro. And it took me a year. It's funny because now, you know, I reach out to the Bears office, they get right back to me. I emailed every month for a year just trying to get added to the ethnic media list. And I say is this, is that basically, you know, the city, uh, the good citizens here in the Emerald City, seeing us getting our ass whooped by SPD and everything else, we're now in the club, you know? <laughs> And, and, and I'm only saying it's like, man, because I know that one of the big things is business and business development for these young people, man. And one thing is for sure is like, man, we can go 
anything that we can do here connecting the dots? Because, you know, people act differently when you're at the club. You know what I'm saying? Like, like before I was at the club, I have to send this 30-page presentation to somebody and meet with the lowest person in their marketing department. I talk to CEO. It's crazy. It's a high price to pay. But, man, while we got this window, what I'm saying is whatever Converge can do to push this build vision all across any direction, media, the jobs or whatever, like, man, we're here. And you know what I'm saying? I say this sincerely and to the public, you know, it's not even like, yeah, I got you, bro. Very <laughs> much to the public, man. Hold me to it. Because like I said, it isn't too often we be in the club. And the, those of us who do get in the club, man, they be gatekeeping. They're like, right. nah, I'm good. You know what I'm saying? And so, man, while we here, while Converge has this big spotlight and this big platform, anything that we can do, man, we here for it. And we appreciate those building. I think the first and foremost is us tapping in and building our relationship. And then everything else is going to be Gucci from there. You know what I mean? Once we build the foundation, then it's layups. It's all layups. So I'm, I'm, I'm definitely, I definitely appreciate the gesture. And you've already been doing that. You've already, you know, shown that you're exercising that with, with not just Bill, but other organizations as well. Find a platform for people to come out and share the wonderful work that they're doing in community. Uh, so I'm definitely going to take you up on that offer. But first and foremost, I want to build our relationship with each other. And like I said, we're going to, we're going to, I'm going to talk as soon as we're done, I'm texting you, bro. I'm at you with this, with this, with this daily health tracking sheet. And we're going to schedule a time for us to get together and do a little walk and talk, man. Man, it's all good. If only I had Dre Franklin's hair, you know what I'm saying? Mine, <laughs> mine left me long ago. <laughs> well, we get that health, we get that self cast. Why I got to take care of yourself, man. <laughs> no, you're right about that. All right, bro. I appreciate your time, man. Uh, thank you, Dre. And man, I, I appreciate this this conversation and and look forward to connecting with you again, you know, both offline and online. Respect. All right, bro. Peace. As you can see, Big O doing amazing things. I'm glad he was able to, you know, pour into some of the stuff that he was struggling with around self-care. Cause that like as black men, as black folks in general, especially people that are serving the community. A lot of times we're always pouring other people's cup up and not make sure we're taking the time. So I'm definitely going to tap in with my bro, but he's doing amazing work over at Converge. Make sure you guys hit him up, check him out, like, comment, and share. Share the stream, as Big O would say. Make sure you all tap in. One love, Build 206 Media, uh, Brothers United Leadership Development. Until next time, peace. Converge Media produces culturally relevant content for Black and urban audiences. Our coverage is raw, transparent, and objective, praised by community leaders, government officials, and residents. Support Converge Media today via Venmo, Cash App, or PayPal at Converge Media.